Get it just play. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Can't wait! Let's go. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Cheap Seats Podcast. I am back after my two-week hiatus. I apologize. I missed you guys. But, hey, I'm back. I'm back with the Prince of Production of Sports Empire Network, Kyle Edwards. How you feeling tonight, brother? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it was entertaining game. Didn't have My team wasn't, of course. You guys already know Patriots are not that good, but. Went to overtime, the suspense, loved it. Uh, halftime show. I know some people didn't like it. Hey, I, I was here for it. Played music I liked, and it was all good. But Bro, you know the people that don't like the halftime show, like they didn't like um, Usher's, or they didn't like Rihanna's. Like, you notice they all have, like, the same background, right? Yeah, yeah. They're all yeah, like, oh, put a, like, put a marching band up there, or give me a rock group. It's like. Yeah, I get it, but oh my god, did you hear Zeppelin? They were great. Like I <laughs> same people that don't like the friggin' the Eminem one. Like it's the same people. Yeah. I, I just don't watch Lamar, it anymore because yeah. I keep waiting for a titty to pop out and it hasn't happened since Janet Jackson. So therefore I'm tired of being teased. So I mean, I, I if you don't like it, just turn it off. Go to a different channel, go get some food. Yeah. Like I don't I don't understand it. Like, I've never been that type of person. Like, I'm not into it. And it's not because I hate it. I just, it's not my thing, right? And, you know, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, this is awful. They need to, you know, bring out a cover band. Oh, I got news for you. If you didn't like Usher, you probably didn't like the halftime show. If you liked Usher, you probably liked the halftime show. But before we go any further, he's a talented dude. To my, to my brother from another, taking it deep. He's the Godfrey, T-H-E-E-G-O-D-F-R-E-Y. My man, Matt. How you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good, especially since the Niners didn't win. I, I feel even better about that. Debo, Samuel, your tears are delicious. Oh, I... You know what's funny? I don't do that, right? And it's not the Debo thing. I'm 100% in agreement with you. And even though I hate the San Francisco 49ers, there are guys like Mo. There are like guys like Nick Soldavini that listens to our show on Wednesday night. I don't I don't bask in their their misery, right? Like I feel bad for them because I know how that feels. And like I try to practice what I preach, guys. 48 hours, bro. I'm not trolling any fan base for 48 hours after the Super Bowl because last year, y'all know how I reacted when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. I was unhinged. Unhinged. For me, I got prerequisites about that. Um, if you are a fan of a franchise that has a dynasty in their history, if you are a Niners, a Steelers, now a Patriots, or a Cowboys fan, uh, you do not get 48 hours because you like to pat, pump your chest about your previous Super Bowl wins. Now, if you're a Lions fan, a Browns fan, a Vikings fan, a long-suffering fan base that hasn't made it, I will give you that reprieve. But that, you know, but for, you know, for the 49er whiners out there that are backed up by their fan base, 
you know, I do have friends that are Niners fans and I feel for them personally, but um, listen, man, I, I don't, you know, the cheap shots were there and like Fletcher Cox is on my side. He came off the top rope on Debo. I'm like, that's my man, Fletcher. Like I, I got one of these. You still, you still looking for one talking about the ring, the Debo. And, you, and you're right. You're right. Like everything that you're saying is correct. It's just, I don't look at it. Like, I don't know, man, I was unhinged last year and like they're real 49ers fans. There are real 49ers fans that are out there. And I think that I don't I don't want to rub it in their face. I feel bad for them today. And like, yes, I would love to rub it in Debo Samuel's face because that guy runs his mouth a ton. Nick Bosa, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. When he was at the podium tearing up, I didn't feel any any sadness for him. He is very cocky. He ran his mouth all year. He said a lot of things that deserve at least so he, he can get ragged on. Like, there are guys like Fred Warner who are just, like, great guys in the NFL. You know, Diamond Lenore, Brock Purdy, who still is getting hate today. He's not an elite quarterback, guys. He's not a top-five guy. And he played well yesterday. It was a great football game yesterday. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a good quarterback. I wouldn't put him top-five, but he's a good quarterback. Um, I mean... We'll probably talk about it later on, but I'm pretty sure the gap between Patrick Mahomes and the next quarterback is getting wide that you want behind him. Wider, I should say. Because, yeah. listen, he's winning with whatever he has. <laughs> you just can't say anything. He literally is. And it reminds me of a younger Brady at certain points. He reminds me of a, young, a younger Joe Montana at certain points. Joe Montana did not always have Jerry Rice. People think he did. He did not. Um, Tom Brady didn't. Win with Randy Moss, he won with Dion Branch and guys like that. Julian Edelman later on in his career, who was better than Dion Branch. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. But uh, I'm a, I'm amazed by the guy. I mean, he's young. He's already got three rings, three Super Bowl MVPs. The guy's incredible. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to our first question. Um, Kyle, did you anyone to add to that interlude? I heard you about the talk. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, no, let's, let's, let's get into it. All right, so who is your Super Bowl MVP outside of Patrick Mahomes? Now, this is the Godfrey question, and I know why he asked this question, because he wants his roses for saying an unsung hero of me, Cole Hardman, and he deserves them. He deserves that them. Be, that won't be my answer, though. No, that's okay, but that's why you brought it up. That's why this is your question. Well, no, there's a reason why. There's a little bit of re- reason why I brought it up. I can explain later on, or if you want me to answer first, I can go first. Or Of course, it's your question. I, I would like you to dictate how the question goes, my friend. So, <clears throat> you know, Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. He's not Patrick Mahomes. We all know that. Um, you know, there's an element to his game that I don't think they could take advantage of, which brings me to who my Super Bowl MVP is, and it would be Chris Jones. Now, okay. Chris Jones moved Purdy off his spot several times. The one that comes to mind is the Jennings throw late in the game where he just didn't have enough time to be able to get the throw in the right spot. Now, if that's Patrick Mahomes, I think he might actually be able to make that throw just because of the type of quarterback he is and his athleticism. That's a li- that's not a knock on Brock Purdy. That's just a limit on his overall ability. He's still a good quarterback. And Chris Jones made a lot of plays like that where he had to rush the throw where if they had more time, they most likely would have been open and would have scored. And it would have been a different it, – it was – his hurry and rush of the quarterback was dim- difference-making for that team. 
So okay. if, if I had to pick an MVP outside of Patrick Mahomes, it would have 1,000% been Chris Jones. I can't pick someone from the losing team, right? No. We've got okay. to go Chiefs. Uh, I was going to pick Jaquan Jennings. Like The, the game, game that he had was was amazing, yeah, right? Great. Um, he would, I think he would have won the, the MVP if the Niners won that football game. I thought that he was incredible. I, I give Fred, Fred Warner his roses, but if I can't pick someone off the losing team and I got to pick a Kansas city chief, I mean, I don't know guys The the first half of the game, and I can't give it to Steve Spagnuolo cause I'd love to, but the first half of that game, there was a guy that had one reception for one yard. And in the second half of the game during the comeback, he had eight receptions for 92 yards. Led the Chiefs in receptions, led the Chiefs in receiving yards. That would be Travis Kelsey. Got to give Travis his, his flowers. I felt great like answer. he played great answer. I, I felt like he played a great second half. Um, another guy on that Chiefs roster, like if I was like giving like an honorable mention, would be Trent McDuffie. Guys, Trent McDuffie was incredible yesterday. He had three pass deflections. Um, he was the one that had the the blindside blitz on the third and five that basically could have iced the game for the 49ers. He was the one that was in uh, Purdy's face to knock that ball down. But I, I'd love to give it to Spagnola. I can't give it to Spagnola, but I'll give it to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, your honorable mention was the guy I was going to go with. McDuffie was was great on defense and like he said if i could spagnola would get it because once again his defensive plan was great and they executed it really well but yeah mcduffie was blanketing guys all day and like you said that blitz was the pivotal moment in the game because if mcduffie doesn't get there and i guess purdy recognizes him at first maybe he makes a play or whatever but that right there was the momentum it took everything that the Niners were hoping to regain. And I, I felt like at that point you were like, yeah, Kansas City probably has this because it seemed like Spagnola and the Chiefs defense stepped up late in the game. I know a lot of people talk about the Niners defense, which was pretty good most of the game, but there were some moments late in the game where they had slip-ups, playing too far off of guys on like second and long. But yeah, McDuffie, the secondary, yeah, they they, they were great. Like Travis Kelsey game. coming across the middle for that uh, that Bro, last catch. But see, the problem with that is, right, and I'm going to break this down to a deeper level for a lot of our listeners. Drake Greenlaw's in injury was yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think that changed the game because, like, you can say before uh, his injury versus after his injury, the way the Chiefs offense looked moving the football, and it was totally different because – Fred Warner's not the one that's supposed to be man-on-man -man sticking Travis Kelsey. You should never have that. And if you're running cover zero and Fred Warner's sticking Travis Kelsey, you need to call a timeout. Like, I, Steve Wilkes, re, like, as much as people are giving crap to Kyle Shanahan, Steve Wilkes deserves just as much today. Because I got to give Kyle credit. They called it, He called a timeout because he hated the way the defense was aligned because they kept playing, like, obvious cover zero with their safeties in their corners 10 yards off the ball, just inviting them to get seven, eight, nine yards on every drag across the middle of the field. And Kyle's like, I don't want to play that defense this way. I don't want to, like, stop playing it this way. And then the, the solution to that was to line Fred Warner up one-on-one -on -one with Travis Kelsey 
You're never going to win that. I don't care how good Fred Warner is. He's not a coverage linebacker. He's a middle linebacker. He's a zone linebacker. He's an attacking linebacker. He's one of the best players in the game. But, like, on Fred Warner's Hall of Fame career resume, it will not say great coverage guy. It won't. Not that guy. Yeah, I agree. You know, that that Greenwall injury killed them, bro. It killed them. Sucked on such a freak accident, like coming onto the field, and you could see it. Like, slow it down. You could see it pop. Is is it confirmed as Achilles popped? Yeah. Yeah, I I knew it was. I knew it was ruptured immediately. Yeah. I I think uh, Jeffrey Lurie and Don DeSandro were there. I think Don DeSandro put a a, a curse on him pregame, and that might have contributed to it. (laughs) I saw the the rabbit's foot. But, you know, Don DeSandro actually was there, believe it or not. But um, protecting Andy Reid. Yeah. So – not from Travis Kelsey, though. Probably not. <laughs> where was Dom then? I know. Where was Big Dom? He had his chance. Uh-huh. He had one shot. He had one moment. One opportunity. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I mean, that's yeah, it, it's unfortunate. It is part of the game, but it's unfortunate. Um, you know, health plays a big factor in it because it's such a tight game. But you know, when I looked at Chris Jones, they they had the Chiefs have to bring him back next year. They have to, because if I'm convinced if he wasn't on the team, it would have went the other way. I mean, he, he made some very important plays there on third downs and they weren't going to get off the field. So, you know, it, it, it took away their ability to stretch the field as much as much as they wanted to in certain aspects of the game. So they got to resign that guy. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes could cover up a lot, but he can't play defense. Dude, when you looked at that Chiefs defense, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, Chris Jones, George Karloftis, Leo Chanel, Justin Reed, and Nick Bolton all had very good football games. Like, it wasn't like any of them had slip-ups. They were bad. None of them were. Like, all of those players, had, you can't have that many players play really good football and your defense not look good. I thought they their played, defense looked great. They played discipline because – Brock Purdy tried to reignite some of that leg magic he had against Detroit, and they were like, "Nope." They 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 hawked him down a couple times. Like they were like, he had a couple of leakouts here and there, but they they ran him down a couple times. They're like, "Nah, that's not happening, son." <laughs> they were ready for it. You remember what I told you um, before this game? We talked about it on Thursday. I said my bet, my favorite two props of this game are Christian McCaffrey over receptions and over receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Told you how the game would play out. Nick Bolton did a hell of a job in controlling. The middle of the field got to give him credit too so i mean turnovers played a key though for him again right i mean that before patrick mahomes you know it you couldn't you can't give like a, a part of the team awards but like before the fourth quarter if you're looking at the stats you're like well the, if the chiefs win it would be their special teams right because their special yeah. team you know was i was saying to myself I'm like are the chiefs gonna win just on special teams here like <laughs> that's what almost almost felt like at a certain point and uh, you know the that those things, was deflating, deflating yeah. because their defense just got off the field. They punted the ball at that point. They were still shutting them out, and then they went three and out essentially. Um, and they punted the ball to I think it was ten three, but whatever it was, they they the 49ers were controlling the game, and that fumble recovery one play. Yeah, they went three and out. I just pulled it up. Tommy Townsend punted it, uh, muffed punt recovered by Jalen Watson. 
Next play, Patrick Mahomes, Valdez Scantling. The Chiefs are up 13-10. And that blocked extra point, though. That was another one, too. I don't think that block is on. I'll just be honest with you. I don't think that block is on. I don't. I I think it's on the kicker himself. That was a low kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This what Jay sure. Feely said. For it's sure. For sure. It, 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 I agree. I, I just think. Uh, I mean, listen, man. That mistake, or if it was them making a play, man, that one point made a huge difference in the in the flow of the game. Yeah. Um, Stephen Chambers said BS excuse. 49ers saying they didn't know how overtime works. That is hilarious to me. That's got to be one of the bonehead moments of the year. How do you not understand how overtime works in the biggest game? Even if you didn't understand, like the moment, like you guys realize you're about to go into overtime, like there needs to be like a huddle and like, this is the rules. Like this is what you need to understand. Kyle Juszczyk, who's one of the smartest guys in the NFL, for him to go to the podium and be like, I had no idea. That's why we want the ball first. Is we want the score. It's wild. <laughs> what? Well, the thing is, I'm before they do the coin toss, the ref explains everything. So I guess they just weren't listening at all. I knew the moment that they chose to receive the ball, you were given Patrick Mahomes four downs all the way downfield. I knew that moment they were going to lose that football game. They need a touchdown that opening drive. They That's didn't get that kind of opening drive. They were going to lose that game. That's fair. But for me, I think you got to go head on and take and cut the snake's head off. And I'm okay with them being aggressive, trying to trying to score first there. I mean, I, I you just knew when they, you know, the game, they were down three. You knew the Chiefs were going to tie it up. And I knew, like, when they didn't get the ball, I said, if they don't get a touchdown here, they're, the Chiefs are going to score one. I just knew it. I just, it. It's how it was setting. I was saying this with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I didn't think it was going to take that long, but they had a long drive. They, they got the field goal. And, you know, I just feel like I, I, I can't blame him for doing that. I felt like he was trying to be aggressive with his offense. And Patrick Mahomes was starting to feel it. They were moving the ball pretty consistently on him. They're making plays. Uh, you got to go for it right there. I think he's going for the win. They were going for a touchdown. They just couldn't get it. <clears throat> Great blitz. Would you agree with Romo where Romo said because they took the ball first, he might have entertained going for it on fourth, knowing you probably would need a touchdown with the way the offense for the Chiefs were flowing at that point? A hundred percent. Yeah. Especially, that... especially how their defense looked when Greenlaw exited the game. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, let's get into part two of your question. You had two questions this week because you're stepping up for us, Godfrey. We really appreciate the questions this week. We're missing two key members, and you stepped up. So, can or will Kyle Shanahan ever win a Super Bowl? Now, let's remind everybody at home, this is now the third Super Bowl in which Kyle Shanahan has held a 10-point second-half lead and lost. I I want to I want to start. The, I want to go last on this one, if you guys don't mind. That's okay. You want to go first, Kyle? Or, or here, I'll I can click. First. The, okay, I could start it off with this though. I'll give you a clue where I'm going. See if see if you guys know who this is. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, huh? Let's go. 
You know who that is? No. That is uh that's the famous quote from Marty. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. That's Marty Schottenheimer. <laughs> that was when he was I the mean, Browns coach, but yeah. Good old Marty. I look, I don't know. With Shanahan, <clears throat> it's interesting because I thought out of the three, this might have been his best performance in terms of the coaching. Although the start of the second half, I, I thought he was gonna fall into his his tricks again when they went like six straight uh passing plays, even though McCaffrey was on the field. But then he quickly turned back and went back to McCaffrey after uh, Purdy struggled a little bit there. I, I just think it's hard to tell him because, yes, the Niners will be talented next year, but the rest of the NFC, I just don't know. And it's, it's going to be tough to, to automatically pencil them in to get back to this situation. So I would say... Like, I'm like, maybe, but I'm leaning towards no. I don't think he ever gets one. Okay. Godfrey? So, people who listen to me will be surprised, and I'm going to say, I think he can win one. Um, okay. Not everybody knows that I, I'm not a huge fan of Kyle Shanahan. However, he's very young, and uh, we have to look at history and how things play out. And if you look across to his opponent, Andy Reid, you're gonna steal not, it. not too long ago, they said he won't win a Super Bowl ever. Never will. And the thing that we have to understand is as good as Brock Purdy is, Kyle Shanahan is working within the framework of in his system with the players he has available to him. His best option at quarterback is Brock Purdy right now. It's been his best option for a long time uh, since he's had Matt Ryan when he was in Atlanta, you know, when Matt Ryan was in his prime. And I've always said he's been able to get people to work within the framework of his offense. The difference here is Andy had a guy like that too. And <clears throat> several iterations here, you had Alex Smith for one, right? But Alex Smith and Brock Purdy don't, they remind me a lot of each other in certain ways. Oddly enough, they both played for San Francisco and the element that I think that Kyle Shanahan needs. And then he'll probably try to find this later on in his career is he needs a guy that could throw a deep ball to stretch that field and, and put another element to the offense. I'm pretty sure it's built in there that they can't really run certain parts of the playbook. Andy Reid has a guy that could throw the deep ball and can uh, uh, improvise on the fly as well and play within the framework of the offense. And I think when Kyle Shanahan gets that and he grows as a coach, he'll, he will win a Super Bowl because Andy was more, I feel in the early part of his career, in love with his system instead of catering his system to his players the players had to cater to his system then he started to cater his system to the players and therefore you have the result of what you're seeing now and kyle shanahan has been good at catering his system to the players but i don't think he's had enough flexibility in his scheme yet to really take advantage of that and i think once he does that and this could be later on this could be five six years down the road it's gonna hold another 49ers team or it might even it could even be with another team right I think he can win a Super Bowl. I really do. He's just going to have to grow. He's a young coach. He's got a lot of years of experience under his belt. I play around and give him the Marty Schottenheimer Award because he's. I'm going to keep calling that until he wins one. But um, you know, Marty should be to be fair. Marty never got to a Super Bowl. He's been to a couple, you know, as a head coach. But I do think he can win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying Brock Purdy's a bad quarterback, but there are limitations. I think in certain parts of the playbook he can run. If you had a Patrick Mahomes in his offense, for example, and I know that's you know, not, you don't pick that right off a tree. Well, they tried. 
They tried with yeah. Trey Lance. That's what they wanted. Yeah. They wanted Patrick Mahomes. They wanted Trey Lance running Kyle Shanahan's offense, and it never worked out. Yeah. So, the, and that's, you know, my Brock Purdy's played really, really well, and he might be there for a while. Maybe they lock him up, and maybe that part of his game does evolve. Maybe he couldn't throw it as deep as he could because coming off the, the elbow injury, the UCL injury. Maybe that, that develops for him down the road. I don't know, but you could tell that's a part of the offense that they do need, and that's going to open things up for him even more. That'll be the mistake that cost Kyle Shanahan. By the way, I was going to use the same. Uh, I, I hate that you did that because I was 100% using <laughs> Andy Reid because I remember that. That'll be the same the same thing. Wait, Gene, you mean he wasn't the same coach all through Philadelphia and we ran him out of town? I Listen, he, he really grew when he got Patrick Mahomes. He allowed himself to develop more. But here's here. Let me let me give you a point real quick. All right, the 49ers went up 16-13. They had three possessions to put away the football game. Field goal, punt, field goal. Brock Purdy is good. In order to beat Patrick Mahomes, you got to be great. And like, so like, here's a question I'll ask you, right? And I, I think Kyle Shannon will eventually win one because I think he's too intelligent and talented of an offensive mind. He's too young. He's 44 years old. But um, I think that, I don't think he was, they were awful, Stephen. I listen. And he said, Stephen said, do you guys see 49ers getting a quarterback just in case Purdy chokes? Most of Purdy's throws were awful. I don't think so. I felt like they were fine. I felt like he made a great throw to Juszczyk, uh on the sideline on that third down. I think Philly made a couple of really good throws. Um, but let me let me kind of finish my point here. I think that um, Brock Purdy might be the death of Kyle Shanahan's Super Bowl run. So the question I would ask you guys is, who do you think the perfect quarterback in the NFL, in the draft, I don't care, in history, to run Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think the guy's in the league right now. I don't think they'll ever get him. I don't think that there's ever an opportunity that will happen. Do we got to pick one from the guy in the league now? It could be anybody you want. But I think there's one guy that could run Kyle Shanahan's system better than anyone ever. And I want to see if you guys – go ahead, Godfrey. I would like to nominate Justin Fields. Okay. I disagree. I like Justin Fields. I think he could run it great. I, I uh, Anthony said CJ Stroud. I don't. I don't hate that, that one. My answer. CJ Stroud. Stroud. Yeah. I think the perfect guy to run Kyle Shanahan's system is Joe Burrow. I that was going to be my second. Okay. Joe Burrow's accuracy, understanding of a defense, understanding concepts, deep ball, arm strength. I think Joe Burrow would be the perfect. I think it would be a match made in heaven. Joe I Burrow. like that you went there. I like that you went there because I was thinking about this before the show. And Joe Burrow is one of the guys that have beaten Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, right? And the reason is, is because if you need that play that you're talking about to put him away, he can make that play. And that's the guy you need to beat Patrick Mahomes is a guy that could gunsling with him. Because if you can't, you're going to come up short. And that's the problem there. And Joe Burrow is that dude. That's I, I like that you went there in his offense. I think you're right, 100%. I mean, Joe Burrow would be the answer for them. I agree. Anthony Price said, what about sleeper Jordan Love? 
I don't know yet. I think that the Jordan Love is – I think the Love boat was sinking in the middle of the season, and now people are, like, riding it like it's the damn Titanic. It's, it's not Gil- – It's Gilligan's like, Island. Let's let's be real. It, it's it, it, it's fun. It could be cool. It's It, it could be the Titanic. But it, if you're being honest about Jordan Love, he still throws off his back foot. That throw he made at the end of the game, he does yeah. that several times during the game. You can't do that. They will take advantage of that. The defense will know that's going to happen. And that's my point, right? Like, I think that a guy like Joe Burrow, and you know, it's funny. I look, I look at Brock Purdy and I say, like, what could Brock Purdy be at his absolute best? If you added arm strength, added accuracy, added leadership, cool demeanor, like it's, it's literally like, all right, if you were playing with a, my player in Madden and you like started with the shell of Brock Purdy and then you turned up all the stuff, right? Like you turned it all up. It's Joe Burrow. It's what it is. Joe Burrow is the better. Ver- Brock Purdy is the poor man's Joe Burrow. Yeah. And I think that that'll be the death of Kyle Shanahan. His ego and the fact that he's going to lay his claim on, I took Mr. Irrelevant and won a Super Bowl. Like, that's what he wants because it'll be all be about Kyle. Right. I think his ego is way too big. I think eventually he'll get there, though. And like the thing with Andy was like you just they just kept trying with Donovan, 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 but Donovan never had that in him. And if you guys remember those Eagles championship games, I remember them like they were yesterday. The first one to the Rams, I felt like they played their ass off. I felt like there was a bad call or two. They could have won that football game versus the Rams. The second one they played versus the Tampa Buccaneers. Everyone in their mother in Philadelphia knew they were. I don't. If you were in Philadelphia. And you thought they were going to lose that football game? You're lying. No one thought they were losing that football no. game. The Bucs had never won below 40 degrees. Especially the way he started off. They opened the game with a 75-yard kick return to the 25-yard line. First and 10, Deuce Daly goes 25 yards for a touchdown. It's 7-0. Then they lose that football game. Okay. The next year, they're back at it. Ricky Manning Jr. intercepted. Donovan McNabb three times and daylight come and we mudded Dell home and the Carolina Panthers beat us. And it was all, and even, and even the Super Bowl, right? I'm not going to put the tinfoil hat on, but Donovan was drunk. He was out drinking the night before the Super Bowl. He wasn't dehydrated. He was throwing up because he was hung over. Yep. I don't want to. I don't want to do all that. My point being is the moment Andy Reid got himself a young stud quarterback, all of a sudden you see Andy taking that next step. What was Bill Belichick before Tom Brady? He was a guy that got fired from Cleveland. Struggling to win with Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. He got the guy. The guy took him over the top. There's a reason I'm selling the shirts, guys. The shirts are going to be on sale next week. Marry the coach to the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you look at uh so you and that's the thing I talk about. Like you you as a coach, you want them to play in the framework of your system, but you're gonna run into a coordinator that's gonna put out the plan to stop your framework. And now you need a quarterback to make throws in tight windows, improvise a little bit, yeah. do things on the run react to what the defense is throwing at you exotic blitzes things of that nature and sometimes you can't teach that like you know it's just natural instinct and you know 
or you got to have that ice water in your veins like a Joe Burrow does where the moment doesn't change for you. It could be week one. It could be week 17. It could be the Super Bowl. He's still that same guy, and he's laser-focused. He's got ice water in his veins. And that's what you need. And that and, and these great coaches Gene brings up, like they were all good coaches, but you're not shit without the quarterback. <laughs> 100%. All right, guys, let's move on to the next topic of the, the agenda of tonight. Um, I think Kyle will win one. I'm going to finalize there. Next agenda of the night, and I asked you guys to make a list of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. And the reason I asked that you guys to make a list of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time is going into yesterday, I had Patrick Mahomes hanging on that 9-10 spot. After yesterday, there are people like he's the goat. No, dude, come on, stop. He's just only behind Brady. Eh. If he retired tomorrow, you think his seven-year career is better than Peyton Manning or Joe Montana? Like, stop it. So, like, I want to know where you have Patrick. And it, I think he should be on everyone's top ten list at this point. Like, he should be on your top ten list. If he's not on your top ten list, and what I did with my top ten list just to help you guys all. There's going to be no Sammy Ball, no Johnny Unitas. I like, can't I put Johnny U in there? I couldn't. And I'll tell you why. It's just a different football game. I started in the 80s, and I worked my way forward, and I did a, a full comparison of, like, just guys that, like, I've seen a part of this passing NFL. Johnny Unitas was a trailblazer, right? And, like, like, like when we talk about, like, hip-hop and, like, what KRS-One did to hip-hop, like being a trailblazer, but he's not on anybody's top four list anymore. It's just not it, right? Like he was great and he he like opened the door for a lot of people, but he, mm -hmm. you know, people walked through it and they did it better. And Johnny Unitas is just I, I didn't watch him play, I didn't get to study his game. So I think it'd be unfair for me to put him on my list. I won't hate on your list if you have him there. He's great, right? But I did a top 10 list and I did it based off of 1980 and forward. That's what I did. I did the same thing. Yeah, I don't have United there. Yeah, Otto Graham. Yeah, I don't have guys like that. So. And those guys are great for what they did. I just, I don't know. I didn't see them, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't really get to break down their tape. And I think that'd be unfair for me to ignorantly get up here and be like, he's better than Dan Marino. Like, I'm not doing that. I watched yeah. Dan. Now, my list is a little crazy. And spoiler alert, we're going to have a, uh, I got my buddy Chase is creating me a video to introduce my top 10 list. But guess what? You listeners at home right now are going to get it. But we're creating a little graphic. We're creating a video right now to release the top 10 quarterback of all time. Now I'm going to ask you guys to go 10 through one. I'm going to ask you to go 10 through one. Because I want it like set the, the mood. Kyle, I'd like you to start. All right. Uh, so 10, I want Brett Favre. Okay. Uh, nine, I actually want Aaron Rodgers at nine. Okay. That's, no one's arguing. Low to some. Huh? I don't think anyone's arguing that. Uh, eight, I want Steve Young. I was trying okay. to figure out where to put him. So I went with him at eight. 
I went Drew Brees seven. I went with now four, five, and six. I could kind of jumble these any other way, but I had Marino six, Mahomes five, Elway four. Okay. I, I was really, really trying to think of how to put those three together. Then I had Manning three, Montana two, Brady one. It was a mistake letting you go first. Nah. <laughs> once. Do you know why it was a mistake? It's almost identical to my list. Now, I move things around, and I'll explain it, yeah. but that's a really good friggin' list. And it almost feels like my whole list that I created was just like a fox, because I'm copying Kyle, who just gave an amazing list. Love it. Love the list. Love the list. I'm going to go second, because I, I, I'm I, scared that Godfrey's going to do the same thing, and I'm going to be on my planet by myself. I don't want that. I'm already upset. So... My number 10, and I wrote down why. I have Steve Young, three-time Super Bowl champion. One is a starter, though. Two times mm-hmm. is a backup. That doesn't count. Two-time league MVP. He has the best passer rating of all time. He's my number 10. My number nine, Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Scumbag. Bad person. Stole a lot of money in Mississippi. But one-time Super Bowl champion, three-time league MVP, Top five in every passing statistic. Everyone. Yards, touchdowns, everyone. Interceptions. Number nine. Number eight. Another one-time Super Bowl champion. Drew Brees. Never won an MVP. Kind of criminal. He's first all-time in completion percentage. Second in yards and second in touchdown passes. Behind only the GOAT. My number seven. Aaron Rodgers, who Patrick Mahomes passed last night, one-time Super Bowl champion, four-time league MVP, fifth all-time in passing touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers can spin it on a dime. Number six, and I got a lot of flack for this, guys. I got a lot of flack for this. I don't, I don't have him there yet. Number six, Patrick Mahomes, and it's not against Pat. Love Pat. I think Pat's on the trajectory to be the greatest quarterback of all time. But it's seven years in, guys. Because I've done this for 20 years. 17 years. I can't. He retires tomorrow. That's the way I'm making this list. Patrick Mahomes, three-time Super Bowl champion, three-time league MVP. Number three in playoff wins, too, which is incredible. At his young age. Number five. You guys are going to gasp because you're going to realize I still didn't mention somebody. And you're going to worry whether I either left him off the list or I have him way too hot. But number five for me is John Elway. Two-time Super Bowl champion, league MVP 1987, 11th in quarterback rushing yards. John Elway was my number five. My number four, I don't have any stats to back this up. I just have my eyes. I have my memory, and I have the film that I've watched. We talk about Johnny United as being a pioneer. Brand Parkinson was a pioneer. Mm. The best quarterback I've ever seen throw a football. Now, granted, I, I think he's bet. I'm, I'm not kidding with you. If you put this guy, this number four, against Tom Brady, he's better than it, better than him in everything, except winning. Dan Marino. Dan Marino, six-time All-Pro quarterback, which means best quarterback in the league six times. 
League MVP is second year in 1984. Multiple records broken. Uh, first of 5,000 yards in a season ever. He did it before anyone did it. And he did it with guys like Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. Running backs that you don't even know their name. Average defenses at best. Dan Marino was incredible. And if like if you had for 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 the life of you, if you could go through and say you got one guy that can hit a target 30 yards downfield in their prime, who you taking? I'm taking Dan Marino. The guy had a laser. The guy was incredible, and he was the best I've ever seen at throwing the football. Now I can't put him higher because his accomplishments don't allow me to put him higher. But Dan Marino should be on everyone's top five list. Number three, people talk about system quarterbacks. This guy was the system. Like his offense coordinators all got head coaching jobs and they all sucked. Peyton Manning, the sheriff, the guy literally dissected defenses with his eyes. Knew exactly where to go. Accurate passer. Nobody studied more of the game than Peyton Manning. And it's a shame. It's really a shame that he played in the same era as Tom Brady because I felt like if he played in a different era, he'd have more Super Bowls and better stats than Joe Montana, who I have at two. And I think Manning was probably the better quarterback, but Joe Cool, 4-0 in Super Bowls. Everyone talks about Jerry Rice. And I know Godfrey knows, and I'm Kyle might. Can you name me his second weapon? Uh, Joe Montana's? Yeah. John Taylor? John Taylor, Dwight Clark, Roger Craig. These guys are, I think it's Dwight Clark, but these guys aren't. Earlier on, but in his career. Yeah. That's what Montana did. 4-0 in the Super Bowls. The drive, the catch, what he did from his own five-yard line. The story that you hear about Joe Montana in the middle of the huddle, minute 55 left after a timeout. He looks around, he goes, is that John Candy in the stands? In the middle of a huddle. Watch draft day. It's a true story. It's a true story. That's what Joe Montana had. The, the original Joe Cool. Joe Montana, number two. And number one's the GOAT. The GOAT. And I can't. Seven-time Super Bowl champion. Three-time league MVP. The winningest quarterback in, in Super Bowl history is Tom Brady. And Tom wasn't better at throwing the football than any of the other nine guys on this list. I don't think Tom was better at dissecting a defense than Peyton. I don't think Tom was better at accuracy than Marino. But you know what Tom was great at? Winning football games. And I never, ever seen someone that, like, you knew it, right? You knew it, right? If there's a minute 55 left and Tom Brady got the ball back and they were down by four points. The game is over. You should just go home. You're losing the football game. Tom Brady got to define all odds. A sixth-round draft pick. A backup quarterback in Michigan. To being the greatest quarterback to ever play this football game. And I, I think that Pat will one day surpass him. But I have to give all credit where credit is due. Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's number one right now. Pat could get there. He could probably get there in three, four years. He went. He rattles off two, three more Super Bowls in a row. It's done, right? He doesn't have to surpass seven 
to be the GOAT. I don't believe in that. Bill Russell was the most accomplished basketball player of all time. Michael Jordan's the greatest. You don't have to surpass seven. You got to get close. You got to get in the neighborhood. What's that, Mercury Morris? Don't call me when you're in my city. Call me when you're on my street. Right now they're not on my street yet. Godfrey, I, I want you to tell the listeners you have the exact same list as me and that I'm a genius. Uh, I like your list, but it's not the exact same. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I, I have probably a couple guys not on the list. People are going to be like, huh? Or maybe one. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, my number 10 is going to be Brett Favre. Favre. Uh, yeah, Brett Favre. You know, um, played the game of fun. He was a gunslinger. At one point, he led the, uh, the NFL in all-time touchdowns, but also leads the league, I believe, in all-time interceptions as well. <laughs> he does. Yeah. So that's why he's going to the back of my list. The next guy is probably, I'm going to say, the best short quarterback of all time, Drew Brees. Accurate, pinpoint accurate. If you're going to be that small, you have to have, you got to be able to hit a Nat's ass on a field goal post, and, and that he could. So, you know, won the Super Bowl, went head-to-head with Peyton Manning, took a franchise to a Super Bowl championship that was called the Aints for years. And, uh, you know, especially after Hurricane Katrina, legendary uh, run there. You got to go with him. Then I went with Steve Young, one of the best left-handed quarterbacks of all time, if not the best of all time, left-handed quarterback. Um, You know, a lot of people don't know he had a career in the USFL. Then he went to the Buccaneers, and, you know, it was a bad franchise. And uh, they brought him on, and there's a lot of history of, you know, him being with Joe. And, you know, they, they were actually at one point in San Francisco running a two-quarterback system. I'm not kidding you. Bill Walsh was insane at some points, but you know, there is a, a it, it's, if you ever watch it in the story of Bill Walsh, you'll be like, wow. I mean, it, it's fascinating, but uh, Steve Young is going to be my, um my number eight, my number seven <clears throat> is going to be John Elway. Uh, always was in, you know, he, he didn't get over the hump till the end of his career, but the guy was always in winning situations, game-winning drives. You know, it, it, he had that that X factor, and he just couldn't get over the hump, and he didn't have a lot to really play with. They didn't surround him with a ton of talent. You know, that was a, a problem of his as well until later in his career when he got with, uh, you know, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's father. So, got to have LA on there. Um, extreme athlete coming out of college. I mean, the guy was super talented. Then could I got to go with... Field for the New York Yankees. Could have, yep. That's an incredible stat that people don't know. He was drafted in the first round to play center field for the New York Yankees. And he almost did because if Baltimore didn't trade him, he didn't want to play for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They didn't trade him. He was mm-hmm. gone. They were ready for it. That's why when, you know, I tell people not to get mad at Caleb Williams. I'm like, there's a lot of quarterbacks, including Eli Manning, who uh, said they don't want to be at certain places. So, uh, you know, he could do it too. So, Johnny Unitas. After LA, and I, I go with United, and I feel better going with United after Gene pulled out Fran Tarkin. I didn't have him on my list, but I pulled but, him out. Yeah. But you told him, and the reason why I got to go with Johnny United, he's older. Yes, I have not seen him play live, but growing up as a kid, NFL films used to be on ESPN all the time. I watched a ton of NFL films and historical stuff, like you know, those you guys remember those old episodes that used to be on all the time back in the day. 
and they used to do the Super Bowl highlights and the season highlights. Johnny Unitas changed passing for football. It was not. It was four yards and a cloud of dust a lot in football. And Johnny and Johnny Unitas, you can still see parts of his game in today's game. Uh, and he helped paved the way for guys like that I'm going to mention next, like Dan Marino is going to be my number five. Uh, you know, Marino never won the big one, but it doesn't matter. You know, as Gene brought up, he didn't have a lot around him talent-wise, passed the lights out of the ball, was passed on by his – can you imagine if Pittsburgh actually picked him and his own hometown team because they thought he was a pothead? That's pretty much what went on. The Jets passed on him. All these teams – this guy – a lot of people don't know. Dan Marino didn't go number one or number two. He should have. He went, like, number, I think, 24 in the draft or 22nd, something around there. Late first-round pick. So just think how many teams passed on that guy. I mean, that's rough. I mean, something that he made people pay for multiple times over. I'm pretty sure he had that chip on his shoulder, too. 27th. 27th out of Pitt. Mm-hmm. You know, but Pittsburgh was okay taking picket from Pitt. Anyway, that's another story. Um, so <laughs> Mahomes is my next guy. This is where he's going to land. He's going to land number four. Okay. Uh, listen, he could move up this list next year uh, even farther. He could leapfrog maybe the next guy I'm talking about. And, you know, he could end up being the number one of all time, but he still has to do that. Right now, we're not going to be a prisoner of the moment and make him number one like some of these people are here out there. He's number four on my list because the next guy who ironically retired on the Chiefs is my number three, Joe Montana. Um, Never lost a Super Bowl. Uh, He almost took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, actually, the at a couple years that he played there. And uh, the guy was undersized, you know, third round pick, I believe, at uh, Notre Dame. Uh, you know, they said he had his skinny legs, <laughs> so they were concerned about him holding up. And he had to overcome a lot of adversity in his career. Remember what I talked about earlier when I brought up Young being brought in by Bill Walsh? That There was a lot of controversy there. And don't and best believe the part of the reason he was left San Francisco was because Young was there. Um, that was something where this dude had a guy behind him that he knew was more than capable breathing down his neck. And unlike some of the modern day quarterbacks, they were like, trade him or my, uh, my feelings are going to be hurt. He bucked up and said, yeah, I'm going to win a couple more Super Bowls. How do you like that bill? Right? So that's, that's a a real life quiet. He's kind of quiet the way he talks, but he played through adversity and thrives. My number two, it's going to be Peyton Manning, the professor, you know, I, I get down on Peyton Manning sometimes because of playoff performance, but, you know, overall, man, the guy didn't even need a coach. I mean, when, you know, when people started realizing, like, maybe we shouldn't hire Adam Gase and people like that because they sat next to Peyton Manning and handed him the clipboard, right? I mean, come on. The guy, I still can't believe that Adam Gase got two jobs. And uh, I fell for that at first, too. And then I was like, wait a second. We can't be falling for this anymore. So Manning's my number two because, listen, uh, you could just see he's a professor of the game, the way he would play on the field, call, call his own offense, the way he would command, you know, the huddle. I mean, you, you got to give him the number two. Uh, a lot of times people will say him over Brady. I still know some people that say that. But for me, my, my number one is Tom Brady. Listen, you know, Tom Brady, Mr. Irrelevant, came out of nowhere. His game evolved as the years went on. And that's the thing that makes the greats stay around a long time. And the problem is, is a lot of quarterbacks don't make adjustments to what the league, the league adjustments are made to you. Believe if you're a quarterback, 
and you're a starting quarterback, the league will make adjustments to you. And Brady wasn't, you know, the quarterback that we remembered him with Randy Moss in the beginning of his career. You know, he was more of a opportunistic player, but he had that that ice water gene in his veins. And he got better. His game evolved. He changed how he played. And then he started getting passing records and touchdown records. And, you know, he just wanted to win. I think the best thing about Brady out of all the accolades is I think out of this list, he had the biggest desire to win. I, I just feel like in modern day football, this dude took several pay cuts so they could sign other players, several play cuts. Um, and then when a guy says, I'm going to go to another team because you guys don't want to do it anymore. And then win the Super Bowl and be the only person to win a Super Bowl, I believe with two different teams and two different Super Bowl MVPs as a starting quarterback. You got to go with Brady as the goat. I mean, there's 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 no other answer there for me. So that is, that is my list. Hayden won <clears throat> two different teams. Say what? Hayden won it with two different teams. Oh, that's right. That's true. But Brady was the only one with two Super Bowl MVPs, though. Yeah. Um, I do want to bring this up because different teams, I mean. you brought up the 83 draft and Dan Marino getting picked at 27. So I pulled it up, and I just want to, like, laugh at some franchises. That I cool? might know some of the people who picked – who they All right, let's, let's, let's then let's see how good. Don't pull anything up. Let's see how good you are. The Baltimore Colts had the first overall pick. They selected. Oh God, I, I can't even remember. I know who it is. It's they selected a quarterback. Yeah, it was a quarterback, and he was out of the league in like three. Nope, guy nope. drop off. They selected a Hall of Fame quarterback that they traded that night. Oh, Elway. Yep. Okay. That's a trick question, but yes, they did. So. Okay. <laughs> I select them three days later. They traded them because that's true. He refused to play for them. Um, number seven, the Kansas city chiefs selected a quarterback out of Penn state. Mm. Over Dan Marino. Odd Blackledge. Oh uh, yeah. Blackledge. Yeah. Let's go down the list. Um, at 14, the Buffalo Bills selected all Jim Kelly? Jim Kelly. So that's the yeah. third quarterback taken. No Marino. That's mm -hmm. okay. Jim Kelly was a good quarterback. Let's go 15. The New England Patriots selected. Wasn't it Steve Grogan? Uh, um, no, it wasn't Grogan. Nope. Uh, it was a. Was it Irvin Fryer? Uh, it's quarterback. I'm, I'm only going quarterbacks. Was it Jim Plunkett? Nope. Tony Eason. Eason. Yeah. Oh, Eason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. From Illinois over Dan Marino. <laughs> Tony Eason. Number 24. The oh, this New is the, York. This is the one Cat I know. Selected Ken O'Brien from UC yeah. Davis. <laughs> And then at number 27, the Miami Dolphins fell into their lap. Dan Marino, the old pothead himself. That's a lot of teams will look back at that draft and say, yeah, made a mistake here. It's yeah, I mean, like the Bears looking back at the, the draft in which Patrick Mahomes went 10 and Mitch Trubisky went three. Did you see the draft grade? Did you did you see the draft report on Patrick Mahomes? Chase posted it last night in the chat. Did you guys read that? No, I didn't. But it's well, what did it say? 
I'm gonna read it to you. It's amazing. Um, Patrick Mahomes, pick number 10 out of Texas Tech, Kansas City Chiefs. Grade C minus. Calling Mahomes a project is a major understatement. He's nowhere near ready to play in the NFL, and honestly, he may never be. Between his inconsistent accuracy due to poor mechanics, his tendency to bail from clean pockets, and his lack of vision, he's going to leave as many big plays on the field as he creates. This was a risky pick. <laughs> uh, I should be fired immediately. I mean, listen, I, there, you know, when you look at the 83 draft, right, there's only about like three picks that are forgivable before Dan Marino, right? Jim Kelly, Eric Dickerson, and John Elway, right? Before that, you got people taking like, I mean, franchises that probably needed a quarterback sooner than later. I mean, the Chargers had Dan Fouts. Okay. But look at like the Bears. They took Willie Gault. I don't think they had. Jim McMahon at that point. Um, imagine if the Bears had a Dan Marino, right? The, the Patriots, Eason, maybe if they had a Dan Marino. You know, uh, I just you look at some of these teams like the Detroit Lions, the Packers, you know, uh, all the, the the Eagles, they took Michael Haddix. I mean, I know they kind of had a quarterback, but like, right, who? My, what? And then the Chiefs. I mean, even them. Like, it's just, that's why the draft always fascinates me. You could even go way back then. You could go to now. And I always love that draft with Mahomes because I always say to people, I say, don't you fucking, don't you dare act like you knew who Patrick Mahomes was going to be. I said to people, I was like, don't you dare even try to say that. Cause I would say most people did not. Uh, there might've been a few people out there. I know I didn't. And I know a lot of the NFL didn't because people traded up for Mitch Trubisky to number two that year. And you know, the bears will never be able to live that down. But to be honest, going into that draft, I, you know, you're like, if that's their guy, go get him. I didn't think Trubisky was going to be a star, but, you know, Bears fans will probably turn around and be like, we could have had Mahomes. No, you couldn't have. A lot of teams could have. Nine other teams could have had Mahomes, too. You know what I mean? It, it's, I, I think, uh, you know, coaching matters. Systems matter. Uh, the ability to develop players matter. And Andy Reid did one of the smartest things that people tend not to do in the league this year anymore because they're driven by the five-year contract of their first-round pick. He sat him for a whole first year. And yep. there's a lot of times, and Andy Reid is a developer of offensive players. It's by far when he got there, before, way before Patrick even was even in college football. So to say, you know, if a guy like that takes an approach, for me, if I'm coming into a franchise and I'm talking to the NFL, I'm like, look, you want to you take Caleb Williams? You want to take this guy? I'm sitting them for at least 10 games, 11 games. I don't care that you have a five-year contract. If that's what you want, then I'm not your coach. Because too many of these quarterbacks are rushed into the game, right? The speed yeah. difference. I mean, that 2017 draft, there's three all-world all players that were taken in the top 10 picks. Yeah, Miles Garrett was the number one overall pick, and then after that was Mitch Trubisky, mm -hmm. Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Corey Davis. Could you imagine if the Titans would have drafted Mahomes instead of Drafting Corey Davis to play with Tannehill, um, Jamal. But would, but would he have done as well with that coaching staff? Absolutely not. No, Mike Williams, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and then the Bengals went out there and got them a speedster wide receiver from Washington, John Ross. Broke all the combine records before the the, the Chiefs traded up. Do you know who they traded up with? 
Cardinals, right? Nope. Oh, trade Buffalo Bills. Interesting. Interesting breakdown. Uh, let's get to our last question. I, I know Kyle's got might have to leave soon, so I don't want to miss out on this part real quick. Um, so let's get to our last question tonight. Kyle, have fun. You can lead us off with the question. Give us your answer. And if you got to go, let us know you love us. And me and Godfrey will close it down for you. Appreciate that. Uh, so my question was, uh, with the Super Bowl happening, season's over, what was that one take you had that, that was probably your worst take for the NFL this year? I got plenty. And I know I had two. I, I, I definitely had two two really good ones because one was a homer pick. I thought the Patriots were going to be in the wild card race. That clearly never happened. But the worst one was I said before the season – the Bills wouldn't make the playoffs, and they ended up winning the division. I don't think so it was a terrible take. They could have missed the playoffs by losing the last game. I, I know, but I had – I mean, I had them as, like, finishing – I might have been bold enough to say, like, maybe even last in the division. I okay. almost went that bold, I think. So yeah, They did that, have that to go on a run, though. They, it did look like it was going to happen at first. Yeah, I, mean, you know, I did think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, that's that's that was my terrible take, but I I do have to jump off here. You know, always love talking to you guys, so I'll definitely see you all next week. Appreciate everyone chat as well. See you on the other side, brother. Thank you, Kyle. Me and Godfrey. All right, see you guys. Take care. Godfrey, what, got, was your, what was your worst take this year? I have a bunch. I have a ton of bad takes. I have a ton, but my worst was that the Niners wouldn't make the playoffs, and oh, uh, I remember that. But the Chiefs saved me because it would have been even worse if the Niners won the Super Bowl when I made that take. But that was, you know, I just, I wasn't a believer in Brock Purdy being able to have that sustained run. And, and you know, he has proven me wrong that he he can do that. I think he could only take him so far, but he can definitely keep them in contention. Um, and he showed that. Uh, he showed the ability to make multiple reads. He, he did throw in some tight windows. I mean, I'm not in love with the velocity of his throws, but he he made throws last night. He made throws all through the playoffs, and he did show better than he did the year before. So he did improve as a player, I feel, overall. So. Does it count as a bad take if you retract it after week one? Um, It depends what it was. <laughs> what I said was Brock Purdy stinks. He's never going to be good. Sam Darnold has an opportunity to take this team further than Brock Purdy. And then after I watched week one versus Pittsburgh, I'm like, I was wrong. I put out my retraction video like that Tuesday. Yeah. Well, it's no, nah, I think if you retracted it that early, it's good. I mean, listen, Kyle Shanahan played into that same dartle hype a little bit too. Cause the way yeah. he was talking. So, I mean, uh, I, you know, if you retract after week one, I mean, there's still a lot of season left. So then my worst take would be, the Baltimore Ravens would finish last in the AFC North. Mm. I didn't think Lamar Jackson would finish the season. I think he got paid, and I didn't have any belief in the new systems that were there. Um, obviously, you know, I, I had no no way to to see in the future and see how how Mike McDonald transformed that defense. Um, Lamar Jackson played his butt off, and he won MVP of the league. So that's my worst take of the year. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I mean, I had some other bad takes. I mean, Lamar, 
it's funny. He he did prove a lot of people wrong, but there's two questions that I think are fair to ask of Lamar. You know, did you bail on your team the year before? Okay, it's fair. Right? And I mean, it kind of looks like he did. He says maybe he was hurt, maybe he didn't. And the other thing is, where can you go from here? Because are you going to fire Tom Monken? They got rid of Greg Roman. And the playoff performance did not look inspiring at all. Um, is it a philosophy thing? Is it, is it just simply how he plays the game? You know, is it just how the game flow went for them? After they lost the playoff game, Ravens fans and 49ers fans need to get married. Oh yeah. Because after they lost the playoff game, it was, it was the coordinator again. It was everything else. It was Taylor Swift. It was uh, <laughs> referees. Do you remember? Like I, I just, yeah. After they lost that playoff game, it was anybody but Lamar. Yeah, I mean, listen, that throw. Everybody but Lamar. The wind, it rained, the feel, everything. It was everything. That throw that Lamar made in the triple Triple coverage to Isaiah Likely was one of the worst throws he could have made. And if you're an MVP, and I know the MVP is a regular season award, you can't make that throw. Especially if you think about how big Isaiah Likely is and where he was in the end zone. You throw that high, and you make him go and get it above the defenders. Yeah. and that throw is shorted, and that could have changed the game. I mean, listen, it, it's something where, like, I almost feel like when I watch him, he's trying to prove people wrong that say he can't do certain things in that game. Yeah. And, and and it almost seems like the team was on board with it. And I'm like, you like you have to play within what you're good at. And I'm a big believer in that. And and I just, you know, they that franchise has painted themselves into a corner offensively. I mean, where do you go from there? You know, you me. I agree with you 100%. Um, now, I had a lot of good takes this year, but we'll talk about those another day. I'm not here to, to toot my own horn, but, man, I'm full of bad takes. Oh, I had, I had Jaguars running away with the AFC South. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, they should have. Yeah. They should have. They had a chance. It just kind of crumbled for them. I mean, they blamed the defense. So they, they fired Mike Caldwell. <laughs> I mean, the defense wasn't good. I mean, there's no doubt about that. That didn't. That Bro, definitely Jake didn't Browning that. game. They should have never lost that football game. Yeah, that, that that Cincinnati game. Jake Browning's first start at Jacksonville, and them losing that football game. That was that's what did him in. And then because they had to play in overtime, that's when Trevor Lawrence got hurt, and he ended up having to play. And then he tried playing Superman and coming up back early and playing at Cleveland, which was like at that time the number one defense in the NFL. It's just totally different season if they don't if their defense steps up versus Cincinnati. But regardless, it's a wrong take. Yeah, I um, thought uh, the Broncos would be a lot better than they turned out to be. I was I was high on them. That was a bad take on my part. You know, I, I you know I, I look at that team and like I really thought you know Russell Wilson. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but he's definitely not what he used to be in his prime. And uh, I think Sean Payton did everything he could, but I also think Sean Payton used him as a scapegoat. And I I just don't think he was that bad of a quarterback for him to react that way and say, we're going to try Jarrett Stidham. And, you know, I understand it was a contractual thing. They want to make sure he didn't get hurt. But, you know, I I think uh, he definitely scapegoated Russell Wilson. And I thought there'd be a lot more cohesion on the team. They did go on a little mini run in the, in the, uh, the middle of the season there. And they did turn it around. But, um, I thought that they would be better. I thought they would at least be playoff contenders and make some noise there. But, you know, that 
parts of that defense was just so bad that it, it just couldn't happen. Agreed. All right, well, that's all we got for you this week. Um, we're going to wrap up here. Godfrey, this is like three straight weeks. Might as well just make you an honorary member of the Cheap Seats Podcast. Appreciate everything you did coming in, stepping in the last two weeks when I was out of town. Um, but I, everything, it's been a good show. It's been a fun ride with Cheap Seats. We're going to continue growing each week. We're going to continue getting everybody involved. Look out for some clips. We're using uh, the clip generator this week to find some good clips from, from this show. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Sports Empire Network, Cheap Seats Podcast, and uh, and Jesus Godfrey's commenting. But um, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm the NFL genius, Gene Walzak. That's taking it deep with the Godfrey. Any final thoughts, Godfrey? No, it's uh end of the season, and uh, Chiefs still reign supreme. So uh, who's gonna take who's gonna take them down next year? So. At least the Niners didn't win. That's all I got. <laughs> we're going to talk about that next week. Who's going to take them down next year? We'll give our early, way too early Super Bowl predictions. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'm Gene Walzak. That's Steve Godfrey. And we are signing out. What are we talking about? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Can't wait.